Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Show, where we explore all things productivity, well-being, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Y'all, not a word of a lie, 2023 is the first year that I actually set a goal, tracked it the whole year, and actually followed through with it. I didn't actually reach the goal, but that's not the point. I hit about 75, 76% of the target, which in my books is an absolute win because this was a push goal to begin with. So in this video, I'm gonna share with you the five things that I did differently this year in order to get the outcome that I got. And honest to God, every year leading up to this, I've always set goals kind of willy-nilly and put them in a pretty spreadsheet or something and then promptly forgot about them. If you're with me, then this video is really going to help you. And if you're new here, welcome. My name is Kara McGill. I'm an ADHD coach and creator, and I'm here for the busy, ambitious brains that set way too many goals and then promptly forget about them. Present company included. Let's get into it. Now, the first thing I did differently this year was set one goal, just one. Now, if you have ADHD as I do, and you want to do all the things and be all the things and achieve all the things, but you end up going nowhere because of all the things, then I highly recommend choosing a one goal. Now, if that sounds like something you couldn't possibly do, the next best thing would be to choose one goal to work on per quarter or one goal to work on per month. Because remember, a goal is something that you don't currently have. It's something new that you are adding to your plate in order to achieve that thing. But you also have the rest of your life that requires ongoing maintenance and energy. So keeping your goal list to one at a time does a couple of things. First of all, it creates accountability. When you only have one goal, there's only one thing that you're actually talking about at the beginning of the year when everybody else is talking about their New Year's resolutions. You've only got the one. And if you promise yourself that you will not pick up a second goal until that first one is accomplished, then it creates accountability and structure around that goal because you have to be really clear about what the outcome is and what success looks like because you have to achieve that success and you can't keep pushing the milestone further down the road until you pick up your next goal. The other beautiful thing about choosing one goal at a time is that you're way less likely to forget about it because it's just the one thing that you have to remember. So it's one sticky note on your mirror instead of 17 and one reminder in your inbox instead of 47 and one topic that you're talking about with your accountability buddy every time you check in to see how your goal is doing. And the best reason for choosing one goal at a time is that it acts as a forcing function for you to choose the most important goal. Think about it. If you create a list of 44 things that you want to accomplish in a year, then absolutely none of them are a priority or important. Because if they were, then they wouldn't be buried under a bunch of other things that are random and probably won't happen anyways. So choose one goal in order to stay accountable, stay clear and focused, to remember it, and to know that you're going after what's most important to you in this season of life. Which brings me to the second thing that I did differently this year that made all the difference in me actually following through on my goal. And that is because I only chose one goal, I had to make sure that it was the most important thing that was actually going to have a material impact in my life. Let me explain. Let's say your one goal is to lose 10 pounds. What is 10 pounds going to do for you? How is that going to impact your life or make things different? 
It might make your jeans fit better. It might make you feel a little bit better, but 10 pounds in the grand scheme of things is not going to have a material impact on your life. My goal was to achieve at least 100,000 in asynchronous revenue in my business this year. So separate from my coaching revenue, which is primarily made up of one-on-one packages, my asynchronous revenue was anything where I wasn't directly trading dollar for hour so that I could continue to snowball that. So I knew if I reached that goal, it was going to have a material impact on my life because it would allow me to reduce the number of one-on-one clients I had and also the amount of time that I'm spending on Zoom every day because Zoom is exhausting for your girl. So I knew that if I reached this goal, it was gonna make a big difference in my business and a big difference in my personal life. So I was pumped to actually achieve the goal. The next thing is not something I actually did, but it's a lesson that I've learned, so I'm going to include it on this list. And that is to choose goals that are based in reality. What do I mean by that? There's this sense of magic and optimism that makes us believe that the future version of ourselves, you know, the 10 month version of us, is going to be capable of way more than we have shown possible up till today, right? So our future self is going to be four times as productive as we are now. And she's also going to be eating clean and exercising seven days a week, getting up at 5 a.m. and writing her first novel all before the end of the year. And you know, as well as I do, that that is magical thinking and is never gonna happen. And that is the reason why, even though I followed through on my goal this year, I didn't achieve the six figures in passive revenue. I got to 76-ish thousand in passive revenue this year, which is great. And if we consider that a push goal, then yes, I probably achieved more than I thought was possible. What I should have done was actually go into my records to see what I earned in asynchronous revenue last year, how I earned it, what worked, what didn't work, and then from there, make a revenue projection that makes sense. But I didn't do that. I actually just chose 100,000 because number one, it would have a material impact, not necessarily bad reason, and number two, because it's a nice, clean, willy-nilly number. So when I did actually go back into my records from last year, which I didn't do till like three quarters of the way down the year, I noticed that last year I only made 20,000 in passive revenue. So the fact that I ended up at 76,000 this year is fantastic. So in some regards, it's good that I didn't go back to last year's records and actually just pulled a number out of the hat because if I decided that I was just gonna try to double my revenue, which would have been 40,000 in passive revenue, then that's the amount of effort I would have put into that goal. So in some ways it's not necessarily a bad thing. However, I missed the opportunity to look at what worked last year and perhaps what didn't work. And had I taken the time and effort to do that, I would have positioned myself in such a way that I probably would have achieved that and perhaps even more because I would have been focusing on the right thing. So my question for you is, whatever goal that you're choosing for yourself this year, do you already have a history with that goal? And if you do, like let's say for the last five years, you've been trying to lose 50 pounds, but it's never quite materialized. In that case, you might wanna look back at what you've tried in the past because clearly it's not working. It might not necessarily be the protocol or diet that doesn't work, but maybe it's the way you're approaching it, or maybe you're trying to do too much and then you get discouraged, or maybe you forget about the goal and go on with your regular habits. So if you do have a history with the goal that you're setting for yourself this year, 
Go back and look at what worked and what didn't work. Have an honest conversation with yourself about what you could do differently to see better results this year so it doesn't become the same goal that you're choosing next year. The next thing I did differently this year, which I don't think is talked about enough, I chose a goal that was predominantly in my control. Let me explain. Let's say your goal this year is to get engaged or to find a boyfriend or to get a promotion at work or to hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. All of those goals are great. They're impactful, meaningful, and very clear, except for one thing. You don't actually have control over any of those goals. So for example, if you wanna get engaged to somebody, it requires somebody else's buy-in. They need to be aligned to that goal. If they don't wanna get married or engaged, but that is your goal and you are dating that person, then that goal probably isn't gonna happen. If you wanna get a promotion at work, you can do everything in your power to position yourself to get a promotion, which is a great goal in and of itself. But at the end of the day, somebody else makes the choice as to whether or not you get that promotion. Same thing with 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. You can show up consistently, deliver great content, smile for the camera, but at the end of the day, it's up to YouTube and the algorithmic gods to decide whether or not they're going to share your content with the people who might be interested in it. So here's the problem with setting a goal that requires somebody else's participation or alignment or buy-in. The energy you're putting towards achieving that goal is now split between actually doing the thing and getting that other person's buy-in, which may or may not ever happen. You are not in complete control of that goal, which can then drain your energy, make you very discouraged, and leave you feeling victimized if the goal actually doesn't come to pass. And the reality is that just because something is a goal for you, doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to align to other people's agenda. So the more in control you can be of the goals you set for yourself, the better. And a good litmus test for this is to ask yourself, if I don't achieve this goal, is it entirely my responsibility? And if you can think of anyone else who might have an impact on you not getting the goal, then it's probably not gonna be a good goal because if you don't reach it, then you're gonna feel victimized. I didn't get the promotion because my boss hates me. I didn't get engaged because my boyfriend's a schlub. I didn't hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube because the algorithm sucks. And while we're on that topic, if you haven't already done so, please hit like and subscribe. I think it's like, it's like down here or it might be over here. I'm not entirely sure, but wherever it appears on your screen, just click that little button and off we'll go to the last thing that I did differently this year in order to actually follow through on my goal. And that was to weave it into every area of my life. I put it into my notion system. I baked it into my weekly plans. I shared the process and my progress with my audience to keep myself accountable. And I put a lot of ongoing thought into it. And the reason I was able to do that is that I have a process that I've been using for years now every week to plan my week set out all of the tasks I need to get done and all the obligations I have, which includes making effort towards that goal. And then I had a task list for every single day, which I would check off as I got things done. And every Friday without fail, even on vacation, I would take half an hour to review the progress I had made that week in all areas of my life, including that goal. And then on Sunday, I would rinse and repeat starting with a plan for the following week. So having that rhythm, routine, and behavior made it really easy for me to not only remember to the goal, but to continuously think of creative ways that I could improve my chances of actually achieving the goal. And that is only possible when you have restraint around the number of goals that you're actually setting, which brings us all the way back to number one, the fewer goals that you set, the better. 
Number two, the more material impact your goal has on your life, the more inclined you're gonna to be to actually follow through with it, especially in those moments when you don't feel like doing the thing. Number three was to choose a goal that's grounded in reality. If it's the same goal that you're choosing every year, what can you do differently this year to improve your chances of actually achieving it? And number four was to choose a goal that's in your control so that all your energy is going into achieving the goal rather than trying to sell the goal to other people who may not be aligned with the result that you want. And finally, weaving that goal through every area of your life so you don't forget about it. And allow me to suggest that if you don't already have a weekly or monthly planning process, that that be your goal for next year. That was my goal in 2021, and it completely changed my freaking life. I would not be here recording videos every single week without fail if I didn't have a planning system and a way to track my progress. I cannot stress enough how important it is to have a planning system built into your life. The behavior and habit is way more important than the tool itself. Paper and pen, a Google spreadsheet, or Notion, which is what I use and has helped me tremendously, the tool doesn't matter, the behavior does. So on that note, I hope that I've inspired you to choose one juicy, amazing goal that you cannot wait to achieve, and you are going to weave reminders of that goal all over your environment. You're gonna talk about it, you're gonna think about it, you're gonna dream about it, and you're gonna get it done. I hope that was helpful, guys. Thanks for watching, and I will see you in the next video. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.